Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. I want to welcome you. If you're new, my name's Caleb. Um, I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm going to be sharing from God's Word. We're in a series on the glory of God. Everybody say glory. The glory of God. We are in week three, and today I want to talk to you a message entitled Getting Glory. So I want you to look at your neighbor. Tell them we're about to get it. Tell them we're about to get it. Tell your neighbor we're about to get it. Come on. (laughs) Well, hey, um, next week, I want to invite you guys back. It is Vision Sunday, and uh, this is something we do every year where we just lay out the vision. Chrissy and I are going to be up here tag-teaming together, and I would love for you to come back. Vision Sunday, every service, um, we're going to be laying out kind of where we're going as a church in 2024, and so I want to invite you guys out. And guess what? There's no football, because it's a break between today and what's coming up on Super Bowl Sunday on the 11th. So you got, y'all got no excuses. We'll see you here next week. If you have your Bibles, go to the book of John chapter one. I'm gonna be reading starting in verse one and I'm gonna jump to verse 14 through 18. Before I read it, here's a definition of glory we've been giving during this series. Glory is his presence made manifest through us. His presence made manifest through us. Now, I want you to hear this because I think this word or this term of glory, it is very nuanced in the scriptures. It's a word that's often used in the church. We talk about glory. We talk about the glory of God. You guys understand the idea of someone getting glory or or giving God glory, but this nuanced term is something that we've been trying to break down over these five weeks to help us understand because I think there's some dynamics to glory that we don't always understand or grasp in the church. And so today, that's what I want to talk to you about, about how we can live our lives in a way that positions us to receive greater glory. And I said it, his manifest presence through us, God wants his glory to be, to be shown through you, through me, and through our lives, and it depends on how we live as to the levels of glory we get. And I think a lot of us are living in a way that is hindering the fullness of the glory of God from falling on our life. And I want the fullness. Y'all want the fullness? I want all the glory of God on my life. I want it all released. I want all the blessings, all the favor, all the glory. And it's how we live that determines it. So in saying that, I need you to hear this because this is, I think, a, a... And a a mindset in this world and in this culture that is counter to what the Word of God tells us. Because I think a lot of you, even as I begin to talk about that, you're like, yeah, I want glory on my life. Because you think that this is your story. And I'll be real, I think a lot of times that this is my story. Like, I'm the main character. And you all think that, right, this is your story. This life you're living, it's your story, and you're the main character. But the Bible is clear that we were here to have his manifest presence made known through us to bring him glory. You see, this isn't your story. This is his story. 
And you have a part to play. And here's what I think. I think the roles many of us are playing in his story are less than because we are not living our lives according to the standard he's called us to. And as a result, we're not getting the full glory that he has for us. And he wants you to have a greater role in his story than I believe many of you are living right now. And I want the maximum role in the story of him. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today, getting glory. So let's read John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Who is the Word? Who is the Word? Nope. Who is the Word? Jesus. There we go. Come on. It's the right Bible answer. Y'all should have known. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was God. Jesus was God, and the Word, Jesus, was with God. Jesus is the Word. Here, it's going to, you guys weren't ready yet. Verse 14. I know you're warming up. 11, 10 o'clock service. We'll get there. Here we go, verse 14. And the word became flesh. Now it makes more sense, huh? Jesus put on flesh. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Come on, say glory. We have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. That is Jesus, grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out. This was one or this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. We're, he's talking about John the Baptist here. Um, we know from the story that John the Baptist doesn't want to baptize Jesus because he says, I'm not worthy to even loose your sandal. And yet Jesus says, baptize me. And so John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. Jesus himself is baptized, which is why we need to be baptized as followers in Christ. If you haven't done it, two weeks, do it. Verse 16, for from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. This is the text I want to talk to you today about getting glory. You will get glory in your life when you receive the truth that the glory is for him and it's from him. You see, the glory is ultimately that you get is for him, but it's also from him. You only get the glory from Jesus himself. So getting glory, how do we get glory? How do we get more glory on our lives? That's what I want to share with you today. How to receive the glory of God on us. Number one. If you're taking notes, you receive glory. You get glory when you behold Jesus over everything. I'm talking about Jesus over everything. Jesus over the 49ers. <laughs> Jesus over Debo and Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy. and uh, Jesus over everything which I'm believing for a 49ers win. Glory be to God. May the glory fall on that field in Santa Clara today in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. And Lord, we don't need any more of Taylor Swift, Lord. Please stop the Kansas City Chiefs in Jesus' name. Bless Lamar Jackson right now. I'm sorry, that wasn't led by the Holy Spirit. That, that, that was Caleb in the flesh. Let me chill out. <laughs> but we got to behold Jesus over everything. 
Why? Because what we behold is what we become. And I think some of us behold things that are pulling us away from God. Like our eyes are fixated on that which has nothing to do with God and does not bring God any glory. It's maybe only about us. And so my question is, what do you behold in your life? Like, what are you beholding? And when I say beholding, what do I mean? You're like, that's kind of a biblical term. I don't even know what that means. Caleb, behold Jesus over everything. To behold something is what gets your attention, your energy, your affection, and your love. What you behold is what gets attention, affection, energy, and love. And I'm telling you, the more you behold God's glory, the more you behold Jesus over everything, the more likely you are to have and see his glory fall on your life. And I want his glory. I want his glory on my life. And some of you are still going, but, but what does that even mean? It's his presence made manifest through us. I said it at the beginning. That is the glory of God, that the presence of God literally falls on you in such a way that he is flowing through you everywhere you go. But how does this happen? This only happens when you put Jesus over everything. I think many of us don't receive God's glory in our lives because we don't believe we're worthy of his glory. And I, I, I just want to give you a newsflash. You aren't. You aren't worthy of his glory. You're not, and I'm not. Why? Because I'm sinful, broken, messed up, dysfunctional, selfish, prideful. But that's why Jesus came. I just read it. Grace upon grace. I'm thankful for his grace because Jesus actually now makes me worthy. Because I have surrendered my heart to Jesus. I said, you are the Lord. You forgive me. I'm nothing without you. Now I'm worthy of his glory. And some of you want the glory without giving it all to Jesus. And I'm telling you, it can't happen because you're not worthy without him. You're not worthy without surrendering to him. You're not worthy without beholding him over everything. So how can you behold Jesus over the things of this world? Because let's be real. The things of this world are pulling at you for your attention, your affection, your love, your energy. The things of this world, it's trying to suck you in and pull you in, tractor beam. <laughs> Pulls you right in. How do we do it? Here's how you behold Jesus over everything. You talk to him in the morning. Prayer. You know, prayer isn't like this ultra spiritual thing. You have to have all the right words. No, you just wake up. You say, Jesus, thank you for giving me breath. May my life bring you glory today. May I see the way you see, hear what you hear. God, give me spiritual eyes to see. God, I, I'm just thankful for, for life. What if you started in the Bible instead of on Instagram? What if I started my morning by soaking myself in the word of God. I'm telling you, this is how you behold Jesus over everything. And some of you are like, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know where to start. Listen to me. Download the YouVersion Bible app 
and you can download a, a, any, there's all kinds of reading plans. I right now I'm in a reading plan with like 40 people in this church we're reading through the Bible in a year. And here's what's crazy. It's a bunch of guys and, and, and one of the guys last year read the Bible through in a year for the first time since he was in his 20s and he's about to turn 50. And he told me, he said, Caleb, it was like the word of God purged and purified much of the sin out of my life. Stuff he'd been struggling with for years, God delivered him from. How did it happen? You can read the Bible through an entire year by reading 15 minutes a day. I don't think that's that much of a sacrifice. I think y'all got 15 minutes in your day. Now some of you are like, I, I can't do that. Start somewhere. Maybe it's one verse a day. But what if we just say, I'm going to start with prayer. I'm talking to the Lord. I'm reading his word. I'm reading one verse and I'm meditating on it for a moment. I'm telling you, this is how you behold Jesus over other things. What if you prioritize the house of God? I mean, y'all could have been getting ready for the football game, but you're here. That matters. I'm serious. I want to give you some love. I want to shout you out. Sometimes it's like, Caleb, you're always coming down. No, I'm, I'm showing you some love right now. Y'all are here. You're in the building. You came to receive from the Lord. What have you done? You said Jesus over everything today. You prior, this matters. This is not a small thing. But what if this became a weekly part of your life? Behold Jesus over everything. This is how we receive his glory. I want glory. I got to behold Jesus over everything. Second is if I'm going to receive glory, have greater glory, I'm going to get my glory. I, I got to believe Jesus as the word, as the son, and as God. So it's crazy. I saw a Barna poll just recently, and, and it was close to 50% of church goers that did not believe in the Trinity. What is the Trinity? It is that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are three distinct persons in one God. That's what we believe here. And I know in our finite minds, understanding that seems very difficult. I get it. It's hard to grasp. Like three distinct persons in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but they're one God, yes. That's what we believe. Scripturally, that's what we see. We need to, if we are going to receive greater glory on our lives, if we're going to get glory in our lives, believe Jesus as the word. He was there from the beginning. Let me tell you, Jesus was there at the beginning with God. And I know to say, wait, so Jesus didn't have a beginning? God didn't have a beginning? No. In our finite minds, that is difficult to grasp that God never had a beginning. He always was and always has been and always will be. Eternity, I go cross-eyed when I think about it, church. It's hard to, to grasp in my finite thinking. But if you want to see greater glory in your life, you have to believe Jesus is who he said he is. He's the word. He's the son. He's God. And just a quick illustration for us, even with the, with the God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, Trinity, I like to illustrate it with the different forms of H2O. We have ice, which is hard. We have liquid, which is liquid. And we have steam. It's all water. Three distinct forms. All the same thing. Water, H2O. That is our God. You see, he said to, in verse 14, he said, I'm fully God and fully man. The word became flesh 
and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We have seen the glory of God because we saw Jesus in the flesh. Jesus was a manifestation of God to us. This is my heart. This is who I am. This is how I love. This is how I see you. You see, in this church, we put our hope in Jesus. In fact, we have blueprints, core values on our website that we talk about in our church all the time. And the number one core value is Jesus is our message. Hear me, Jesus is our hope. And I know you walk out of these doors and you go out into this world and there's a lot that seems hopeless. You walk around Sacramento, there's a lot that seems hopeless. You watch the news, there's a lot that seems hopeless. And so maybe you hear me say that and you go, Caleb, Jesus, we put our hope in Jesus. I, I don't know, it just seems a little trite for me. What I want to say to you is that's a dead giveaway that you have not accepted Jesus or the fullness of him in your life. And I'm telling you this not to condemn you, but to encourage you that you will not have God's glory on your life until you receive him as who he is. He is your hope. And he is your life. This is how we get glory. The third way is we have to confess Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. We believe in this church. There is one way to heaven. There is one way to God, and his name is Jesus. There aren't multiple ways, multiple pathways, multiple roads. They all lead to God. No, no. One way. Jesus said it himself. We either take him as, at his word, or we believe something else entirely. And in this church, we stand on the word of God. There is only one way, and his name is Jesus. And he is a son, it says, of grace and truth. He speaks truth, but he does it with grace. And that's what I try to do here. That's what we try to do here in this church. We try to speak truth, but we do it with grace. Because God is a God of truth, but he's also a God of grace. You see, redemption is received. And if you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive redemption. So I'm thankful that most of us, many of us in this room, we've received redemption. Some of you have never done it, and I'm going to give you an opportunity at the end of today to receive redemption. That you are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. He took your place and took your sin so that you could be forgiven and stand right before God. But listen to me, glory, getting glory is dependent on our lives. It's dependent on our actions. It's dependent on how we live. And your lives and actions can either release greater glory onto your life or hinder greater glory onto your life. I know this isn't popular, but I want to tell you from experience, people come to me and they'll come to me and they say, Caleb, man, I just... It's so incredible, the marriage you have. And my wife's actually over in South Sac at our South Sac campus right now playing keys um, for them, for the band. They were shorthanded today. So you jump in where you're needed. And uh, people come to me, man, Caleb, you have such an amazing marriage. And 
your family, so awesome. Now, listen to me, we're not perfect. We got problems too. But there has been a favor and a blessing on our marriage. I believe there's been glory on our marriage. And people have come to me and say, oh, man, I just, I want what you have. And I've had to be real with some people and be like, you, you'll never have what I have because you don't live how I live. You want the glory, but you're not willing to pay the price. Let me illustrate this. And I'm not saying this pridefully. I'm saying this practically. I want to show you an image of the tabernacle. So Chrissy showed this last week. This was a tabernacle. Now, I'm actually just finishing Exodus and my Bible reading plan in a year. And the first half of Exodus is incredible. It's, it's where the, the Israelites are rescued out of Egypt and there's all the plagues and, and, and then God parts the Red Sea. And many of you know this story. And it's like, wow, yeah, Prince of Egypt, this is fire. You know, like, um, it's, it's very, it's captivating to read. But then you get to halfway through Exodus. And then the second half of Exodus is God talking to Moses and giving him the intricate details for like 15 chapters of how to design the tabernacle, size and length and breadth and, and, and wood, wood texture and, and, and the altar and how it's supposed to be designed and the type of metal they're supposed to use. And for 15 chapters, you're reading this, you're like, oh my gosh, okay, that's nice. And I'm just going through it really quickly. I'm just being honest. I'm a pastor, but I'm real, okay, so... So I'm just like, yeah, okay, there's a lot of details. I don't really care about the showbread or like what even is that. And, um, and so I go, you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through all this stuff. But then I started to think about it. You see, you keep reading. You keep reading in Exodus and you see how God, um, he goes on and eventually his presence falls on the tabernacle. And this is what it looks like. So this is a, an artist's rendering of the presence of God that the Israelites saw. It says his presence came in the form of a cloud and rested on the tabernacle. And the Israelites see this and they're in awe. And here's what I begin to realize. Like, yeah, there's a lot of details and I'm like, why is this even in the scriptures? Well, here's why. Because God had to show that as perfect as he is, he needed a place prepared for him that was done with intricate detail, expertise, focus, perfection to prepare something that he could inhabit as a perfect God. And so I started to think about that as it relates to us because now we are his tabernacle. In fact, I read it here in verse number 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It is the same word, word that's used for tabernacle. So Jesus came and tabernacled among us. And now, guess who are his tabernacles? It's you. It's me. You are now a tabernacle for God to come and let his glory fall on. His presence made manifest through us fall on. And so how you live matters. Because just like this, they had to prepare it. I mean, they measured it to a T. And his glory fell. I wonder how many of us are living lives with no focus, with no care, without considering at all that our actions are either preparing a place for the glory 
or actually pushing away the glory. And so that's why when I said you people come to me and they say, Caleb, I want you to have it. I'm like, you, you can't have what I have. You don't live like I live. They're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I know you. And I know that you are looking at porn every single day. But you want the marriage that I have? When I've eliminated that from my life? But you want the marriage that I have? You're not willing to pay the price for it. They say, Kayla, I want the glory to fall on my money. Like, like that's awesome. You own a home and, and, and you're setting yourself up for retirement. And I'm like, yeah, I've been tithing since I was 12 years old. Because I knew that that's what the Bible told me to. You want the glory to fall, but you don't want to pay the price. You don't want to prepare your tabernacle for God to come in. They say, Caleb, I'm praying over my health this year. God, let your glory fall on my health. You're still eating the same unhealthy stuff. You ain't touched a treadmill in 25 years. But God, let the glory fall on my physical health. How we live prepares us for the glory or not. Y'all think it's funny because it's real. I got to close, finally. How to receive the glory of God. You got to surrender fully to Jesus. Surrender fully to Jesus. We just sung it. He's worthy of it all. You see, some of you are redeemed. Praise the Lord. I talk about he brings grace upon grace. Man, I'm thankful for grace because I'm not here to condemn you and say, if you're not perfect, the glory's not gonna be on you. No, no, his grace upon grace covers you and you still get a taste of his glory, but some of you are only getting a bit and he wants to pour it out. You're getting a piece and he wants to give you the whole pie of his glory. So hear me, you're redeemed, but some of you are redeemed, but not surrendered. Like, I'm redeemed. You're going to heaven. Praise God. I'm going to see you up there in the pearly gates. But you're not surrendered. And I'm telling you, you're missing out on the surrendered life because with the surrendered life comes the glory in a new way. Now, I'm in a process. I'm in a sanctification process. That's a spiritual word we use. It's a biblical word for, for the process of being made holy. And we're all in process. Some of you are early in the process. Some of us are further along in the process, but we're all in process. So my question to you is simple today. Do you want the glory? Like, do you want the fullness of the glory of God on your life? Because if you do, it's time to surrender. If you don't, keep living how you're living. I'm not going to convince you today. His presence, glory, His presence made manifest through us. You see, some of you have made Him Savior, but His Lordship is optional in certain areas of your life. There is a lack of full surrender, which means a lack of full glory manifest in your life. And I want you to experience the full glory. I'm here to tell you, I haven't experienced the full glory because there's still some parts of my life that I'm working on surrendering fully to Him. But I got more glory this year than I did 10 years ago. And I believe I'm going to have more glory next year than I did last year. 
walk because I'm every day saying, God, I want to surrender more to you. So let me close with this. Exodus 19. So I'm actually right here. The, the, the tabernacle is being described to Moses in this moment, right after this chapter. Moses goes up on the Mount Sinai because God is going to give him the Ten Commandments. Right here. And here's what he says. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all peoples. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Listen to me. He's talking about Israel. Not just the priests, not the pastors at Project Church. He's saying, my people are a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set them before all these words that the Lord had commanded him. And the people answered together and said, all the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the Lord, of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I'm coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. So here's what happens. Moses goes up onto the mountain. The cloud falls and it says the earth is shaking and they can hear the voice of the Lord. And the people of Israel are terrified. They're like, we're not going near that mountain. And Moses is up on the mountain and God is giving him the physical 10 commandments. And while he's up there, they're waiting and waiting. And in the midst of the glory, they go, uh, you know what? We need something else to worship. Let's take all our gold and melt it and we're gonna form it into a golden calf. And then we're gonna have a party and we're gonna get drunk and we're gonna worship this idol. And Moses comes down from the mountain and in the midst of the glory, they're worshiping something false. And that is a picture of the church. I think some of us were in the midst of the glory, even in this place. I mean, the glory of God was here doing worship. He's here right now. His presence is speaking to us. And yet some of us leave this place and we go right back to worshiping false gods, false idols, the things of this world. And so I got to close with this. If you want the full glory, are you willing to surrender? Some of you need to surrender right now in this place. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're in this room. You say, Caleb, I have not fully surrendered to Jesus. I have not beheld him over everything. And maybe there's a relationship. Maybe there's a God in your life. Maybe there's, a, a, th there's money. There's a dream. Maybe there's a sin. And you've been bound to this thing for far too long. And today you would say, Caleb, I need to surrender. I want the glory. I need to surrender. If that's you, there's something you need to surrender in this place. I want you to put your hand up right now. Go ahead. You need to surrender something. Yes, hands going up all around the room, all around the room. Incredible, incredible. You can put them down. Stand to your feet with me, church. I know that there's somebody in this place that needs to give their life to Jesus right now. If that's you, I want you to repeat this after me, but I want us all to help. Some of you, you've never surrendered fully to Jesus and made him the Lord of your life. Today's your day to make him your savior, to be redeemed, to be set free. So I need everyone to repeat this after me right now in this place. Say it with me, say, Jesus, today, forgive me, change me, make me new. I surrender wholeheartedly to you, my Lord and my savior in your name. Amen. So listen, we change the order of service. 
on purpose. Just did a couple songs and jumped right into the message. Obviously, it's only 1049. You've been here for 49 minutes. I don't want you to go because we wanted to spend some time inviting the glory of God to fall on us. So we're gonna worship for a little longer. I'm gonna invite the prayer team down here. If you got something you need to surrender and let go of, I want you to come and I want you to ask them to pray for you. You don't even gotta tell them what it is, but I want you to ask them to pray for you. If you got something in your life that's been holding you back from God, you need to surrender it, you can come up and have them pray for you. If you just need more glory, I want you to come up and experience prayer. But I want us to worship together. Come on, let the glory fall in this place. Lift your hands like this as a sign of surrender. Lord, may your glory fall in this place. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church Podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.